Broadcasting from Ireland, featuring interviews with some of the biggest names in magic, welcome to the Deceit Reality Podcast with your hosts, David Peace and Steve Spade. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, or welcome to the podcast, the most drop an episode whenever we feel like a podcast in the world. <laughs> It's like we're back for one and then we're gone again. Uh, my name is David Peace. I'm joined by my co-host against Steve Spade. Steve, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's gone so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like during the pandemic, it was like, oh, it's great. We've got nothing else to do. But now that the world is busy again, we're just like, fuck, we've no time for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it goes it, it goes, it goes from uh, once a week to once a month to once <laughs> a year. Once a quarter. Uh, <laughs> but we have a very special guest with us this, this time, which is Rich Relis. Rich, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks. I'm glad to have brought you out of retirement by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the microphone was getting dusty, so it's it's, <laughs> it's really good. But yeah, yeah. we've been keeping up, up with stuff with like reviews and stuff on the channel where we can, but yeah, absolutely. It, it's great to be here. So um, we might as well start where we start with every person who's been on this podcast. For, for those who don't know you, maybe talk about like what sort of magic you like and also what got you into this weird addiction that we all share. Yeah, sure. So it was, I've, I've always needed a hobby to entertain me. Uh, when I was really young, I had magic kits, but never had the confidence to perform. Even really to parents, I was more interested in methods and things like that. I had the Marvin's magic sets and everything. And then sort of drifted away from it. In my teens, got into dance music a lot, so I was DJing around some clubs and things. And then I always said I didn't want to be the old guy in the clubs. So I got a little bit, <laughs> I got a little bit old, didn't want to be that person. And just randomly thought of some magic stuff. Googled, found some forums online. It was the Talk Magic Forum years ago. Found some magic shops, looked in the forums, bought some stuff for a while. Um, the classics about Royal Road and Bobos. And, and I mean, back then, even, so this must have been maybe 15 years ago. And I think that a lot of mentalism was out of my price range. I think things, was, things were still expensive. They were still keeping the secrets hidden. So it was like sort of mental magic. That got into it and i think especially when you're performing to friends and family they know i can't really do the things that i'm pretending i can do so mental magic sort of fit nicely um and then yeah just doing that ever since and then started taking some bookings commercially so did some um wedding phase picked up a few weddings learned a lot very quickly what works what doesn't work um so yeah going to that market and then moved into some residencies and so all, all I perform now is close-up mentalism and I suppose bits of mental magic. It's definitely what I sort of what I preferred. And I found that when you're performing to people who don't know you, you can get them to believe anything. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good like that. So yeah, I just, just perform close-up mentalism. So I've got a couple of residencies. I, to be honest, I like performing in bars. I like just pulling up a chair having 15, 20, 25 minutes sometimes to spend with a table, getting to know them, chat to them a bit, building up sort of the impossibility of the effects then. Whereas like, yeah, I appreciate weddings. I mean, let's be, let's be honest, they're well paid. Um, but when you've got like a few minutes for a group, it is quite difficult to connect. And that's when I find this more like sort of hit and run mentalism. Um, the, you haven't got the time to get them to invest in things or take them on a journey or something like that. But yeah, so I love my residencies where yeah, you just go along, pull up a chair, chat to people, get to know them. And then how I tend to structure my stuff is start with something semi-believable, like a memory test or something. So just get them to buy in and then build an impossibility 
because my character is I, it's just, I mean, it's Team Darren rather than Team Max uh, Max Maven. I'm like, don't yeah. go down the psychic route. I don't think I can pull it off. Um, I don't think, I don't think I know. And this was something I was going to ask you guys actually. Like, do if like somebody performs in the psychic route, how would you how would they deal with a miss? Because like in the, with the psychological route, it's ah, oh, do you know what? That's really good actually. Yeah, you you acted really unusually then. Let's you're gonna be perfect for this. Let's try something else. Yeah. But yet, if I was going on the psychic route, I'm not sure I've got the acting chops to yeah to pull that off. I think psychics, well psychics, uh, miss more than anybody, and they don't get believed, which is the thing. Because I think it it all comes down to the confidence. Because like myself, I'd see myself in the mentalism side a lot more in the psychological side of things as well. But then I do dip my toes in a bit into like tarot and that side of things. But I still don't. I even I, I do tarot readings, but I say this is not psychic. I could do these with pizza bars from the Louvre if I wanted to, and all that sort of stuff, just to try and get it there. So you can, um, I like, I like doing the psychological performance with the, like a cover of mystical props <laughs> sort of situation yeah. to try try and get it. But I, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one because yeah, a myth. It's like when you're doing like a me versus you type situation of uh, I'm gonna try and get into your head and give me a poker face and all that sort of stuff you go if you miss you're like great poker face i wouldn't play poker with you anyway at the next person yeah i once saw a picture put up i think it was some show or something and it was a psychic show and it was like due to unseen for circumstances the show can't go ahead tonight i was like well <laughs> joe should have known <laughs> you know yeah. what the fuck? i actually went to a local one of those so there was a local like shut eye medium and i thought you know what I'm, I'm, and i bought a ticket and i just went and sat there and it was, it was quite funny how like there was obviously plants who they've done private reading for us before and then after a couple of misses they go to that person who they know but the way yeah. they sort of it's, it's a it's a craft what they do the way they sort of weave the misses and twist them and i mean the good ones anyway the bad ones it can yeah be pretty bad, <laughs> but, um, yeah I, I just thought it's it's not for me i think magic and mentalism is it's deceptive enough as, as enough as it is i just don't want to go into that yeah, absolutely. That's like we we use the same techniques. It's just we're not telling people we're psychic, you know, or not frauding them out of money and whatever. Okay. Well, we are, but not not in a. <laughs> <laughs> they know we're frauding them out of money. The key is entertainment, isn't it? I think that I and I, do you know what I I found that actually this might be interesting. So I used to build my, my thing was um, it used to be mind reading mentalism and oh no sorry it used to be mind reading entertainment. I used to put on my business cards. And I'd see people taking a white birth at wedding phase, and they're like, oh, they didn't. And I changed it to mind reading magic. And it's just that tiny, yeah. tiny difference. And people are like, oh, cool. So it's a, it's a type of magic. And I found that that massively changed people's perceptions of it. Yeah. So, uh, we, we were talking about that recently, like that, like mentalists, hypnotists, you know, escape artists, whatever. We're all magicians. And it's a delay public. That's what we are. They, they don't really see it any other different way. Um, yeah. You know, and, and if you're in like, you know, the wrong neck of the woods, they just see you as like, a kid magician and that's a whole different story altogether because you're trying to brand one thing but they just see it as oh is he going to be wearing a rabbit is it going to be a rabbit and a top hat and is it going to be ribbons and silks and shit and you're like no <laughs> yeah, yeah, no so like you're up against that a little bit as well in people's perception of it but i think that's just the way magic has gone since like the 70s you know it has gotten it got softer and softer and softer up to the point of like david blaine trying to make it kind of edgy again you know yeah yeah that's true Unless yeah, I, I, I find that a lot. Like even like you go up to a group and you're gonna perform for them, 
and it's like I always find you go up to group like at a wedding and there's kids in the group and like oh the magician and they're like watching for the kids and then they're like maybe overreacting to what you're doing because they're doing it for the kids like as if like like a Santa visit type reactions that you're getting and then you hit them with something and you see them change and going from like oh my god the magician for the kids what the fuck was that (laughs) and it's like you can see that switch in people's heads of like oh shit this isn't like a pin reveal or something really thing and they're like my kids would love this and and they're like no they wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point actually do you have do you like perform specific tricks for kids and are they because I do a couple of mentalism, but I find kids ref- like do well with drawing duplications, and I've got yeah, one sure. with a pack of like superhero t- uh, top trump cards and stuff. So it still fits my character, but I know I can engage kids. How do you guys approach that when you go to kids at a wedding? Do you have do you bust out sponge balls or something, or do you have mentalism routines for them? Or? Usually, have a pile of stuff like kind of just in case, you know, kind of a thing. But um, but yeah, I mean, you you, you can kind of get away with it. I, I often give them just decks of cards. I say, oh, here, have a deck of cards, and they just like run off. <laughs> you know, and, and and that's okay too. You know, um, but yeah, it, it can be a tricky one. I, I would imagine it's harder for like a mentalist though, other than like a drawing dupe. You're kind of probably limited enough. Yeah, because you do visual stuff like because I, I do like close up. I do a mixture of magic and mentalism. So I had a weddings last weekend, and there was uh, flower girls running around at it. Um, so I had my close up case with me, which I had black sponge balls in there. So I'm like, if I'm going to do sponge balls, they're going to be black. Uh, so I got them out and I did that on, I just did a few SpongeBob routines on them. And then it was like, throughout the night, they kept going, come over here and do the thing with the balls again. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing like a really detailed, like emotional connection routine here. Give me a second. Uh, well, but yeah, here's a SpongeBob case in your hand. Cool. Okay. Bye. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's about that side of things. But I also think like, um, any sort of, it's like, it depends on the age. Like anything over like six, I think cards can work on that. Yeah. Or like in even like when they're younger, if I want to do like an ambitious character or something like that, I just go here, just draw any picture on the card or anything like that and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or, or when, when they're kids and they're in white flower girl dresses, don't give them a Sharpie. <laughs> you do not give <laughs> kids think, a Sharpie in a white dress. I think, card, I think card tricks don't work for kids, but card magic does. As in, okay. if you do card or you know like deck vanish or some or you know whatever whatever it might be with the cards, I think that they can gravitate towards that. But if you start doing an actual routine, you, you know they won't they won't pay attention. Yeah, just yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's just it's just the level of understanding, isn't it, for how old they are. I know I've seen that Paul Robani's got a good book, which was I think it's called Mentalism for the Young Minds or something like that, and that's quite interesting. There's, yeah, there's some there's some good ideas in there, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's something I was toying with. Do I take a magic trick for the kids? And I've been quite lucky. The weddings I've done recently, there hasn't been many days, so I haven't had to worry about it. But, it's um, a good idea, the superheroes, though, or something. They can gravitate toward that, even as, like, a peak or a drawing dupe or something. They, yeah, uh, I have the soup, the superhero cards t- that um, John Morton put out. They have the superhero cards that you can just do, like, here, pick your favorite superhero. It's Spider-Man. Or, Joe, you can do that sort of thing. And it's because this thing when you're doing mentalism as well, it's very quick reveals when you're doing for younger people. Because, like, mm. it's a bit creepy to be, like, to the eight-year-old, look in my eye and, like, really focus, put pressure on <laughs> my hand. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm just going to be, like, think of it, say yourself, okay, it's that. And just get it. Like, it just, I'm just going to give the reveal quicker. Um, mm, yeah. I can get it done. Because it's, it's just... It's about just having that sort of level because they're not interested in it as well. They just want the quick, the bang impact of it and that sort of stuff. So I think those sort of things can work as well. But yeah, I tend to, um, it's, it's that thing of, I've had a call before of someone being like, oh, can you do my kids 
party and I was like, oh, I don't do kids magic. And they're like, oh, but they love it. They're old, like they love Dynamo or that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But yeah, like, no, because um, that's what all the parents, I've fallen for it before and then I got locked in a room with 20 kids running around high on sugar. Uh, so I was just like, eventually I went like, one of my routines is I put a fish hook in my mouth and have them pull on one of the strings. <laughs> this is not child friendly. And they're like, oh, okay. Hello, fishing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why it's important to have like a network of friends and stuff you can pass gigs on to in there. Because I know I'm, I'm no kids entertainer. We were at the we went a camping trip, and my do, my daughter's nearly nine, and we went with her friends last year, August back holiday. Oh, do some magic for the kids! And I was like, oh my gosh, and I did. So I bought some stuff, practiced it. It's horrendous. I I'm terrified. Like I mean, just, what, ten or fifteen kids, and I was just doing really really basic stuff. But I feel so much more comfortable. Like doing my own stuff, so I was like, right, lesson learned. I tried it. I'm not a kids entertainer. It's <laughs> so let's hard get to entertain kids. Like it's you so hard to have that authority over them and get that attention from kids. Yeah. It's like I think it's harder than I, I think. I think kids magic is harder than adult magic because it's like you have to first of all get their attention, get the authority over them. I think there's some great stuff in the season one of the matchumentary that Craig and Matt are doing on that channel of him yeah. learning to be a kids entertainer. Because I always, whenever I used to do it before, I'd always have a situation where Joe, they'd be reaching into my pockets or that sort of stuff. You know, like get away, and like that's because you you didn't have the authority to begin with that they don't respect the boundary of it. And it was quite interesting ways of and um, that they shown that the the matchumentary of how to get that structure in it. But I'm also like, because even like when I um, I was first. Uh, dating my wife she was like oh you should do more kids stuff you know it'll probably pay well there's always birthday parties and I was like it's just not me and she's like magic's magic and then we're at a, a wedding and one of my friends who, who does kids magic was there and he was doing a kid show and I brought her in to watch it and then afterwards she was like yeah you can't do that <laughs> I was like yes I can't that's just not me <laughs> yeah yeah but that's what we did yeah all it, all it takes is to see a good entertainer, a good kids entertainer. And you're right, I think it's, it's the balance between likability and authority. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that, that's so difficult. It's, yeah, it's a bit of clowning as well and that sort of thing. And like the acting comes into a lot more of the like, oh, I didn't see the tube coming up and all that sort of stuff that like, you've got to have that like children's entertainer or like the Blue Peter or whatever, children's show stuff of like the adult overreacting and stuff like that. And you need to have that sort of personality. And if you don't have it, it's just not going to go, like the kids aren't going to, and like if, if they're like teenagers then you can just do your normal stuff at that point um yeah. but yeah it's like especially the really young kids it's just like it scares me <laughs> don't want i can, to I can just i can just imagine dave doing like a q a at a crutch or something <laughs> <laughs> wrapping his head in bandages and all that shit yeah yeah <laughs> oh, it's just... so do, you, do you change like yours because i mean pers personally i don't change my set like obviously we've got christmas run up soon i don't tend to do any seasonal themed stuff for Halloween or Christmas. I tell I, I mix different routines in and out and I've got my call and so I know we're a couple of sets. But do you guys do anything special when it comes to the holiday seasons or uh... no not for holiday seasons. Like I have tricks that I do at weddings for the, the yeah. like I have at, like a sort of like an anniversary wall thing I'll do to a bride and groom. But I might pull that out just for like a couple at a, a corporate gig. But yeah, I don't I tend to just keep my stuff pretty simple because I'm like um I might get someone to like i might maybe hint at it in a drawing duplication of like oh it's christmas show think of something seasonal or something like that mm -hmm. instead but i tend not to really i just just do my normal n normal set because you, you don't want to make a change that's you think is small and then you're halfway through the trick and realize oh that little suggestion i made now actually 
makes the trick not work. Oh crap. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not really a. I, I don't think teaming. I, I I get there are like Joe, there are Christmas tricks and that sort of stuff, but especially with mentalism and stuff, it does. It's very hard to team stuff. I did do um. Uh, we were talking before this about doing the virtual shows. I did a charity virtual show um for my parents' gymnastics club that we did, and I did um sort of Joe where one of the ten cards has an X on the back of it, or only one of the cards doesn't have an X on the back of it. One of those routines. Um, and I wrote, I, I wrote like Christmas tree, Santa, Christmas decoration, mistletoe. So I wrote those out for that sort of thing because it was a Christmas virtual show. Um, so I like, okay, I'll do something like that there. But um, yeah, I think I, I, I might team stuff more if I was doing stage than close up. What, what mm. about you, Steve? Do you think would yeah, I think stage so. more? Christmas, I might just make like a reference to it if I'm on stage, but not really in close up. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really change my set. I, unless there was something that the, the company wanted me to team in, you know, that they were giving out a certain yeah. thing or, you know, so, sometimes a, a corporate or whatever might have like poker chips for drinks or whatever. And then you could tie that in, you know, and like I wasn't going to do a trick with something like that, but now I will, you know, that kind of way. But no, I wouldn't really go out of my way to have like custom like Christmas cards or, or anything, you know. With that, no. yeah 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 it's a similar way because i think it's the um i think it's important sometimes as well to go because sometimes i'm like oh i want to i want to not do this trick because i'm sick of it i'm going to put in something new and then you get there and you remember all the crazy reactions you got to that trick whether it be like ambitious character scene or something that like you're just like oh i'm so sick of doing this and then you're like but people like lose their shit <laughs> for this thing and these people like it's like uh you deserve to give them the best entertainment you can and if just because you're like a bit bored of it no i've been uh, watching like recently, like david blaine is doing a lot of pr for his his new show in vegas and a lot of pr for the last show in vegas and every tv show he's on he's doing ambitious card like every show so yeah. i mean it's he's doing it because it's a worker because it works you know what i mean and because it's strong if it, and it plays big on tv and it's a deck of cards and I suppose he, he he's almost known for it in certain way now that people almost expect it from him. And if he didn't do it, it'd be like, you know, the Rolling Stones not playing like Painted Black or something. And you'd be like, we went to the gig and didn't do Satisfaction or nothing. It was shit, you know? Uh, so yeah. you, 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 want to see, you want to see the classics in that sense. And like, I know magicians are like, oh, Ambitious Card, 20 phases. Uh, but like <laughs> when it's in Blaine's hands, it looks like it looks like real magic. Yeah. And I suppose like magicians have seen it hundreds, thousands of times. But how often do most people see a close-up magician in their life? Like, yeah. maybe most people, maybe one. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, you just got to remember that, I suppose, haven't you, and hard pack to, Definitely. like, exactly what you said, Davis, given the strongest magic you can. There's, there's a reason why the classics are classics. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's about putting your own twist on it as well. It's like, other people might see the ambitious character team, but the if the presentation's different, they won't they won't remember it. Because, like, I have the situation where I was doing a trick last Sunday, or last Friday, and I ha handed the deck to someone and was like, shuffle them up and keep any cards. And they're like, oh, I've seen this one before. <laughs> it's like, I literally asked you to pick a card. <laughs> like, you know, this isn't... So it's like, people think that there is only one card trick. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's yeah. a card trick and that's it. Um, yeah. And then, then I turn back time and fix the deck. So, you know, she hadn't seen that before. Um, I use that as part of my... Pat, I do... I, do, I, do, I purposely... I do use card, cards, uh, but I don't do much with them. Um, I always use a marked deck. I tend to use the DMCs. And part of my pattern I say is, 
the reason I don't do much with cards is because most people, the minute you put out a deck of cards, somebody will say, I've seen this one before. So I'm kind of like getting that line in before they have a chance to. So I say, I'll show you yeah. this trick and you definitely haven't seen this one before. And most people mm-hmm. haven't seen just I do like a direct mind reading thing with the with the cards. But um yeah, it's like get that in get that in before before you give them a chance to say it. But um yeah, I'm, I'm firmly on the why not use playing cards camp. People know them and it's like it's easy. It's so much easier as well than like you know, like I, I carry the gallery deck with me quite a lot or some like maybe the snaps and that sort of stuff. And you can have someone I was in a routine where I was had someone pick one or force one and I was gonna read their mind of what image they were thinking of. And I was like, this presentation is so much more boring than if I just forced a playing card on them because or have peaked what playing card they have with it, because I use the Penguin Mark deck a lot. And I was like when it's a playing card, I can go, if it's red or black, do this. Because everybody knows what playing cards are. When it's yeah. these, like, I have the gallery deck, I'm like, now some of these are black and white and some of them are picture. And they're like, oh, were they? I didn't notice. And you're like, so if yours yeah. was picture, oh, I can't remember. Let me look. And then it's like, now was it man-made? And it's just, you kind of come up with all this stuff that's like, when you're trying to show how you're psychologically reading them or facial tics and stuff like that. And if you were able to psychologically read someone or body language, if you don't use that to then try and cheat at playing cards, people don't believe you. <laughs> so it's like their logical sense is you can read people's minds. You should be gambling. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and I don't use playing cards. It's like, what? The and fuck? you're going to get the, oh, I wouldn't play cards with you, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the if you, if you way, then, and then say you're a mind reader as well, they won't even look you in the eye anymore after that. No. Because then, what's up, guys? Oh, sorry. sorry. So whenever somebody says I won't play cards with you, have you seen um, Chris Congreve's routine cloak, which is yeah. his take on the playing card poker deal? I, I did yeah. it for the first time this weekend, like properly back to back at every table, and I was like, "This is killer." <laughs> yeah, absolutely kills, and it's perfect because it's, it's the poker deal. They're making all the choices, but yeah, when you talk about snaps and stuff, because I know you guys sometimes talk about new products. Have you seen the like mosaic deck, the Phil Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's um oh sorry Steve, did you say you haven't seen it? I, I know I have seen it, but I, I don't have it. Oh yeah, no, I think it's on yeah. it's on pre order yet. But yeah, you see yeah, I've I, always got such good reactions with snaps and stuff. I thought, do you know what I yeah, I'm gonna order it. You know it's quality product is coming from Phil, so you just need a table and that's what like I said, performing at the bar. Like I've always yeah, got a table. Yeah. In fact in fact I just bought a close up pad because I've fed up with my like card gasket racked <laughs> on, on on a pub table. So it doesn't mean I've got to carry a little close up pad with me, but yeah, it's fine. We're fit for the props, I think, to save them. Yeah, absolutely. Our snaps are great. I, I did so much snaps during uh, <laughs> during the virtual shows. It was snaps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was nothing but snaps. It's like every company name spelled out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an extra hundred pounds for a custom trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, you, you can really get this. But yeah, I was doing those. I was in cloak locks. I, used to, I do the Paul Gordon 10 car poker deal a lot as well as playing it and i always say it as like now uh, i'm not good at poker because nobody would play play cards with me because they're all terrified so i'm actually really bad because nobody would play with me and then i do it and i just be like oh what did you get and they're like oh i got a pair i'm like oh that's cool i'm not sure if mine's any good and i just put down a royal flush and i'm like is that good i don't know i don't play poker and it's just like you're just like yeah. play complete because that is true like i when i was growing up no none of my friends would play cards with me there was, uh, we played one time and I had to sit a meter away from the table with my sleeves rolled up and I wasn't allowed to shuffle. And then I won one hand out of six and they're like, you're cheating. <laughs> just, yeah. It's lose-lose, isn't it? 
Yeah. You either lose. I mean, you're not even if you don't cheat, it's lose lose because if you win, they think you've cheated, and if you don't win, then you've lost. So yeah. <laughs> like, I don't just... cheat until someone accuses me of cheating, and then I'm like, if I'm being accused of cheating, I might as well actually be cheating. So then yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I said it's. Or um or uh you know the snaps are great for the ten card poker deal as well, especially if you can get somebody's name five letters and your own name is only five or whatever letters, like you can they can spell your name, you spell their name, it's killer. I saw D DMC had a version of something like that as well on one of his the alphabet cards where he yeah his name and vice versa, powerful stuff. Ah, uh, you're, you're David and Steve, you're lucky. I go rich. I can't do much. I can't do much. <laughs> you can do rich or just go rich or there you go. You, you get a peek and spell it out or whatever, you know. Because um, DMC did have that on the the passport, I think it was, or whatever, where he had like them, they spell out their name and then co put their hands over them. But sure, he's already, he's already, he's miles ahead at that stage. But it's so powerful, you know, because you can play the whole, you didn't write anything down. I don't know who you're thinking of, blah, blah, blah. Great for a social media video, or whatever. Yeah, I gotta get better at that. I gotta get better because I normally perform it on my own as well. And yeah. I think that sometimes I think that when you put when you put a trick on social media, you've kind of burned it. I think it's a bit like comedians with material. So I'm I'm, I'm not at the stage where I'm buying tricks just to learn to get them to a standard where I'm happy with the performance to record it and then stop doing them. But yeah, yeah, I know, I know that's something I need to. The opposite stuff. can happen sometimes too, though. You could put up like a like a pin reveal or something, and then the next time if someone's seen it, they'll go, "Oh, I saw that video where you you know read your one's mind. Can can you can you do it with my friend or whatever?" Or, or I don't believe yeah. you can do it in real life, kind of thing. And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." You know, so it can kind of play both ways, especially with Dave's new thing, the Coda. You know, with the kind of. I was going to say, if only <laughs> workable pin reveal. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't great for. Real, but I'll, I'll, I'm doing that one now. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that, that is a great one that uh, for a video actually, she can go. Oh, Correct. like like even when we were over with the 1914 doing the recordings, in all the performances, I used the fact that we were recording it as the justification for using a stack. So I was like, no, I'd usually do this with your real pin code, but as you can see, we're recording here, so I'm just gonna get you to pick one of these, and it like flies by. But you can so do that when you're doing a video, being like, oh, uh, I'm recording some social media now. I'm doing something with pin numbers, but I don't want to use your actual pin code. So here, can you pick one of these? Because we've been revealing on camera. And for the sake of this video, just imagine that that's your pin code. And they look at it and go, yeah, you happy? Okay, put it in your pocket. Great. Okay, now, so you're just thinking of your pin code. <laughs> that's when the that's when the footage starts. It's like, you're just thinking of your pin code. Is there any way I can know what it is? No, Dave, oh, you're perfect. <laughs> you just cheat a lot. <laughs> and then hope nobody asks to see that trick. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And, but then it's almost like, oh, can you do the thing where you just read someone's pink code? Yeah, yeah, but there's people around, so I don't want to reveal your actual pink code. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's like it's like it's like close-up magic in, in general. You know, if you do something and people misremember it, then the next time they see you, I'm sure that happens in mentalism. Can you do that thing where you knew right. my mother's maiden name and you knew this and this and this, you know, all the time? Um, it does happen, you know, and, and people misremember, and you're like, Yeah, hey, I don't do that one anymore. <laughs> Yes, my favorite two things are like people misremembering things, and also taking advantage of coincidences. Because like mm -hmm. I, I used to perform my finale to my close-up set was like a double reveal. It was a drawing duplication and a celebrity name. I had Luca Volpe's The Fox, which lets you pick two mm -hmm. cards at the same time. And so two people, I, I forget if they were best friend or sisters. I can't remember. But one was doing a drawing. And bear in mind, this is in a bar on a Friday or Saturday, quite late. And the other one did a celebrity, and just by sheer coincidence. 
the girl had written down Dolly Parton to my right, and the other one had drawn a pair of boobs to my left, and they <laughs> never saw what each other did. So I picked up these bits of information. I thought, oh, I'm hamming this up. So how long have you known each other? Would you say the <laughs> just that's crazy? Mad, just I, I was doing a comedy show recently, and I was doing Sneak Thief, and two guys from the audience drew Hitler, and as as, as you do, and the two girls in the audience that came up all random drew two cats, and I was like, well, that's weird. And so I'm like, I'm not trying to reveal that. I was like, so this is like a, a kind of a you're kind of a dominant. This is kind of you, like you kind of drew yourself. Everyone laughed. <laughs> I was like, you're kind of a domineering kind of person you're you're a bit of a dick you know and i'm just gonna think and i was just playing it playing it like that and i i didn't want to say the name i was just like oh okay you like hand gestures you know whatever um and, and i just left it off like that you know but um yeah weird one like you you have to take those coincidences you know with a pinch of salt like oh yeah this stuff happens all the time you know yeah yeah was that a big group of people to get two hitlers out of oh, i never had before I, never they were in two they were like they were they were literally like at the back of the, the the kind of auditorium at the other side. Like they were nowhere near each other. And as they came up, they, they didn't draw at the same time. And they weren't on stage when they drew. They drew randomly in the audience. So I was like, what is going on? And then I was it's all... It's a college know, thing. Like, it's mad. So, I mean, they could have drawn anything. But obviously, this college is pretty weird if the women just draw cats and the guys just draw answers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't want to go to college. Here. Yeah, what the fuck are they teaching kids these days? It's a... Uh... The guys drew a the guys drew a dick and the women drew a pussy. There you go, chapter. Oh, there's a, there's a <laughs> you don't need to be a mentalist for that. <laughs> I always find so there's always some routines where you do mentalism like that, and like there's some of them like where you, you get you have to get a peak early and you don't reveal it till the end of the routine. And then you're like, What the fuck did I peak? Oh shit! I've been I've I've lost myself in like my my presentation that you're like can I you're get a like that, peek at that or Spanish like, universal picture of like a square yeah. and a triangle? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, all the, all the the animal the, the, the animal nobody can really make out what it is. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, were you taking this? You weren't. Okay, great. Get off the stage. You know? <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the problem. Yeah, on the stage is a bigger thing for a miss because like if I do a close-up I can deal with a miss right straight into the next routine with the person stood next to them but yeah on a, on a sure. stage because nobody thinks a routine is going to finish with a miss so they're always probably thinking for a magician in trouble ploy aren't they but yeah yeah, yeah that sure. must be yeah that must be so much more <laughs> but like they're, they're almost expecting a callback and if there has been a miss you, you could continue on I guess it, it, it's it never happened now in, in a drawing dupe or anything where you're kind of like stuck in the water because I mean, if you're like, it's a house, and then they're like, no, and you're like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, where do you where do you go from there? Um, yeah. But I saw somebody once. I won't mention his name because it'd be unfair. Um, but uh, but he was using a a digital. It wasn't Dave, uh, but he was using a digital <laughs> pad, and the MC of the show had a digital, you know, an iPad as well. Um, but he left his one down, so the MC had walked off with it, with the one that he was using for for peaks, um, and he was left there just looking at the notes. And I could see him. He literally just guessed all four drawings, got all four wrong, and walked off. <laughs> it was a car. You have, to, you have to have a backup because, like, I, I've had situations where I'm doing something and nothing too major, yeah. um, where it's like uh, one small bit of it wouldn't work, and you'd be like, "Oh, that that's that's interesting. I think you'll be perfect for this next bit." 
and then instead of getting a new volunteer up, I use them for this next bit because they, they think differently and that way it'll work for, for yeah. them or something. And then yeah, people yeah, go, yeah. oh, yeah, that always goes wrong because he needs them for the next bit. Do you yeah. know that's the ways you're trying to cover yourself that way? Yeah, or you but, like need somebody who's a bit more skeptical. And I think because you're throwing me off a little bit, this is perfect. You're great for this and then whatever. Yeah, because there's even things as well, like with peaks and stuff. Like when you're in close-up, you've got to be like doing your little like Astus Novus or Mind Invasion peak and it's like quick and you have to get the information and get away from that thing. But on stage, I'm like, and we leave that face up over there and I'll come back to it whenever I want. <laughs> and yeah. this thing, and it's like, you can be a lot bolder with stuff because you control the space a lot better. So if you want to just like, like even um, like with, not to just keep mentioning, but with Coda, when I'm doing close up, you get your peak and then things go away. But like I, I do it with the end book test and I just walk over and put a, the stack face up on the table. Um, so you're just, it's always there if you need stuff, you know, because you want to get that yeah. sort of situation. But um, we're, we're talking about Larry some Becker, stuff as well. Yeah, Larry Becker used to do that as well, obviously, with like side sevens and like a stack deck. He would just leave it when he took it back from the audience, he would just leave it face up. So he then he knew what five cards had been taken in order or whatever. I mean, there's no heat in it. As far as the audience is concerned, you're putting the deck on the table. The fact that it's face up or down is, is a deck of cards. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's in close up. You'd be a lot more careful of that sort of stuff. Yeah, on stage, yeah, you yeah, do exactly. whatever you want. But it's more. It's more exactly. when you're not being chased. You know what I mean? There's there's no heat on you whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, mentioning side step is I, I, you know, I genuinely think for the mentalist, the best card move ever is the Charlie Shuffle. Oh, the amount of times I work with something in stack, and it's just so deceptive. And like, and deliberately, I deliberately sloppy, so it looks messy. And yeah, it, it's, it's even great if you just have a few like. If you have a small set of cards or something like that that you just want to mm. keep in, in in some sort of way a, a smaller thing because you can really it's it's so deceptive because even when I'm doing it I'm like did I mess that up or am I actually am I actually doing doing this right because I I don't get it's like it actually confuses your own brain that like this yeah. isn't shuffling the, the cards it's even yeah. like just cutting cards in a stack is weird that it's like oh this is this just works okay cool um yeah. and you can figure it out from there. But with, with the sort of like creativity side of things and uh, putting your own spin and stuff, you've got like compass and sequence out with the, the 1914. How did your sort of creativity with coming up with stuff like that come? And uh, maybe when you were like, oh, maybe I'll look at putting this out for the community as well. So it started. I don't remember ever making a conscious decision to create my own stuff. Um, but it was kind of just like, I think you, and I wasn't one of these people who, I think maybe more nowadays, creators are sort of up on a pedestal and it's like, well, everybody wants to create to put something out. Um, but I genuinely just, through spending time in the in the hobby, just had some ideas, had some thoughts. And it started, there was like a PDF I broke through uh, Liam Monte's old site, it's Triptastic, it's not even there anymore. Um, then I had an idea with a deck of top Trumps cards. And I think... What came in handy was I'm I'm not bad with Photoshop because from the DJing days we were producing our own flyers and stuff. So I was able to mock things up and get things printed out and prototyped. So um yeah, I did um a trick using superhero top trumps that Alakazam put out a while ago called Agility. Um and that that's like mental magic. Then Compass came around because I had I was like you said earlier, Sneak Thief. I absolutely love Sneak Thief. I was performing it for ages and I just had the thought i wasn't trying to put it yeah. out uh, for anybody who doesn't know it's a way of you you're marking it's 
a hidden insight marking on the face of a billet. Um, and so the, I had the idea for the core method, but then it was like, right, okay, so that works as a way of marking the billets. And then I was working backwards then, okay, so around the justification and then, okay, cool. I thought, I, and then I thought, this is definitely something to share. So I, it, it, first of all, it was a PDF. I self-published in front of library. It was called Juncture. And so I got, uh, sent some copies out and I had some really nice comments from um, people like Mark Paul, Luch, Scott Creasy. And these are people who I, I didn't know. Um, I yeah. just approached them. And well, in fact, Scott Creasy, I was talking to him in the Minds Convention up in Newcastle. I've only been once. It was amazing. I'd recommend it to everybody. Um, and I was talking to him because he works a lot with blank billets. And so I had some really good comments. So I thought, yeah, about the core method, I thought that's brilliant. And then I just worked with it over time, built the system out, and I thought they built built the routines out as well. And I thought it probably it it was well recepted by the people who bought it, but I was still an unknown mentalist at that point. And I thought, you know what, this could do with the release. And um, yeah, got in touch with D and did the filming for that. Um sequence was a lot sequence was a weird one. My friend was talking we were driving to a convention and one of my friends, Harry Harrington, was talking about a different product that used some ESP symbols. And he said, oh, do you know, have you heard of this product or this this routine? And he described the effect. And I went, oh, does it work like this? Bless? And he said, no. I was like, oh, cool. So I just invented something. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, within a number of days then, um, I had the prototypes designed, sent them off to get printed. And um, so, so sort of accidentally landed on that one. And then, yeah, so I've, there's, I've got some other things in the works with some other companies as well. And it's weird that there are certain threads. There's, there's one routine which I love, um, which isn't a physical product, but it's based around a wishing well. And that's because I thought I loved the idea of making somebody think back to when they were little and finding a coin and putting a wishing well and wish for something. And I was like, it's, rather than just think of anything you can see. And so that was something I sort of I come back to over a while. I'm a big note keeper, so I've got lots of like, half ideas and started ideas um and then yeah over over time you I, well i personally have i took a routine that used a sven pad and i was happy with the routine and then i came up with a handling of a regular pad which means you don't even need to use a svengali pad anymore which means you can have different outcomes at different tables and so it, it just got to the point where my close-up set was 90 percent either my stuff or my presentations on stuff and so Yes, some of them are just little touches and presentational ideas, which obviously you can't release. Some of them, I think, would make nice physical products. So, yeah, they're coming out. Um, and, yeah, it's just always always got pen and paper, always got notes. The, the one sort of challenge which I've set myself, which I ha haven't started yet, is I thought, how cool would it be to approach a table with five billets? And the idea is you do one routine using five billets, and at the end of that, one gets eliminated. Then you do a routine with the four, then the three, then the two, and finish with the one. But the challenge then is to make all of the routines sort of engaging enough and different enough to each other so they're not seeing the same effect every time. Um, so that's, and I, I just thought I quite like just walking up with five, five bullets and a pen and being able to entertain a table for however long that takes. So that's probably a 2024 yeah. style thing, which I'll come back to eventually. Yeah, that's um, cool. I, I was saying, that image I in your head is great, like because you want to have that image in your head of like the perfect trick. Because that's where I think like there's a lot of stuff. Joe, you know, people come up with original stuff and release it. But one of the things I love in lectures are those little just presentational or 
tweaks to existing routines that like you are more openly talked about in lectures because it's just like here's an idea for that sort of stuff and that's where a lot of like working stuff you really get your tips because it's like it's great to have a full a new routine but something that yeah. makes something you do already 10 times stronger or cleaner or that sort of stuff that's mm. like the gold that everyone's searching for it's a pity that like that stuff can't get released but it's understandable why um but that's where i think in lectures you can really get like, well this is why like my, my, the latest development of my wishing well routine which i haven't told anyone but i'm happy to share you so it uses i don't use the Astus novus peak i use alexander marsh's billet peak which is still a quarter of a card and so i'm thinking well i've got three quarters of a card here which you either fill with nonsense i'm like or you feel I'm like i can definitely use that so for my wishing well trick um the one corner um I'll, i say right so you've you've come across there's a nice round coin on the floor you pick it up what coin is it? And then they, the likelihood is they're going to say a one pence, two pence, or a ten pence up here. So I write that down. Then in the other corner, right, so that goes in the wishing well. And is it heads or tails up? And like they write that down. And then the next one is, um, okay, so this wishing well, was it inside or outside? And then nobody ever says inside. But I say, and I say, oh, because it could have been inside in like one of these shopping centres, etc. So you're left in a situation where you've got, it's always going to be outside. It can, It's likely to be a one, two, or a ten pence. And it's either going to be heads or tails. So I've got six envelopes in my pocket with two with a one pence in, two with a two pence in, two with a ten pence in. And they say outside heads written on them in Sharpie, outside tails. So at the point when in the bottom corner, they're wishing forever, they're writing it down. I'm just taking that envelope, going in my pocket, pulling out the correct one. And it means that after I've peeked the information in the card, put the card in the envelope, I do the big reveal. And then at the very end, I tip the coin out and it shows all of their choices. So I'm like, why, why would I not use them? I was like, there's three bits of a card there that I can absolutely use. So it's kind of like a verbal force and a multiple out. Mm. And so, yeah, it's about tweaking those routines, trying to trying to get every little last bit of mileage out of the stuff that yeah. I'm using. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's really new. I've only taken that out a couple of times. But, yeah. And the best thing is, if they say it's a two-pound coin, you just don't switch the envelope and you just do the reveal of the wish. <laughs> so, yeah, it's nailed up. Yeah. There's a more kind of a jazz magic feel to that because I think mentalism, especially the more organic it looks like, the, be the better it is. Like you said, five billets and whatever. I've seen Dave like just like doing a set with like a post-it note and a pen, you know, packet of post-it notes, yeah. and he's just he's killing people with like one ahead and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. So I mean, the le less is more sometimes with mentalism. Where I think magicians would 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 probably panic at that station and be like, okay, so what if he says two euro? Oh, I'll produce one from behind his ear. You know, you they, they'll think differently. Where a mentalist will go, oh, I'll just, I'll just do it that way, and I'll just reveal the go information. I'll go one ahead. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I always had that situation before. Like I now carry more stuff with me, just for my own enjoyment. But for a while, my, I see people with their EDCs. My gigging set was a deck of cards, a few business cards, and a packet of post-it notes. And that was, that's all I brought with me. So I show up to the, the venue, and they'd be like, "Oh, do you need to set up?" And I'm like, "I'm good to go. I'm just gonna be like." And that's I'm true because the gigs at that time when you were just doing that and i was like yeah where's your stuff and he was like here was like, <laughs> it's a challenge because like i have like you can yeah. do hours with cards but like with post notes yeah. it's like you can get them i might give them a business card to do a drawing on pikas i'll reveal on the post notes because that way i'm not wasting business cards on myself with the reveal but something i do a lot with Astus novas actually is um i write the venue if it's a corporate event I write the venue across the top bit 
or if it's a wedding, I go like John and Mary's wedding, and then the date at the bottom. So then if they hold on to it, they'll always be like, oh, that was at yeah. John and Mary's wedding on that that day. Yeah. And it's like it's that logical reason of why you're forcing them into like one specific spot. Yeah. Um, well, if, if you if ask their name and the date or their name and the yeah. time, you won't believe I can do this in this amount of time, you know, and just write the time. What time is it? You know, they, and it, you're filling up everything without because there's nothing worse when oh look we'll put a seven here i draw a seven with a lot you know I, the, all the stuff that we saw initially yeah. i'm like nobody, nobody's gonna buy that like that's just ridiculous yeah. you know that's why i like mind just... invasion by morgan Shrebler. that's like my go-to yeah. bill of peak i just do that all the time it's a full bill of peak in like an office <laughs> it's just like it flies by yeah i remember when he yeah. showed it you at last and then you just kept doing it like repeatedly and then yeah. by the time we we're you had it nailed, and now that's all you do. <laughs> yeah, about an hour in the bar, I'm just doing it repeatedly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is a good one though. It's a, it is very good. Yeah, I used yeah I used that one as a folded as a folded peak, and then some of Scott Creasy's work um, with a banded set of double blank cards. If I if I need a full peak, but I think going back to what you said, I think yeah, something that maybe I concentrate too much on is justification. So it's like, well, why why am I doing? It took me so long. I bought, I think everyone buys Svengali pads. It took me so long to think of a just, I'm like, well, why have I got a pad filled with stuff written in? And the same with Digital Force Pack. I absolutely love it. But I'm like, okay, so there's got to be a routine about why Why have I got this list on my phone? Because yeah. um, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, even though it is the psychological stuff, I still want it to feel justified and feel genuine. I'm not going to say real, but... Um, my justification for a digital force bag is I have this list, I have all these lists on my phone because I'm a magician, I'm a weird. Anyway, it's like I, I kind of play up that like I'm I'm odd is like part of my character. Even like like when I when I approach tables, um, especially if I'm doing like more magic stuff, I'd be saying like um, I'm here to show you why nobody plays cards with me. It's either my skill with a deck of cards or my personality. I'm not really sure why, but we'll have a vote at the end. And that's how I open like every table. Because it immediately like on because everyone's like, oh, the arrogant magician's gonna come over. And then I immediately undercut myself of like I'm taking the pits out of myself and so I find it, it it seems to work quite well with a lot of people. But like getting the wording right took a while, but it's that sort of thing of like I'm just odd and I do odd things. So I've yeah. got a list of a hundred things on my phone, because why would I not? <laughs> Yeah, close-up magic, especially like when you, it can very quickly, or it, it can be right. I'm interrupting that group to show them stuff I can do that they can't. Yeah, and like yeah. it's going to be so combative there, isn't it? I think that's why. Yeah, the the approach and yeah, you're opening lines and you're opening effect are so so important just to get people on side. Yeah. yeah, it's about like not taking yourself too seriously, but also not giving up your authority in the situation. Is is that it's that balance that like I'm always messing with to try and see like how far can I push it before people stop respecting me? And I'm like, okay, I need to pull it back a bit because especially when you're doing mind reading stuff then and they're like, but like he was an idiot there a minute ago. So it's like it's trying to get that sort of thing of uh I don't take myself seriously, but also you need to take what I'm going to do seriously. <laughs> yeah. that sort of it was just such a hard balance to to, to get. But that's the good thing with the residencies because you can try out new scripting and new routines by the end of the night you've done it. A dozen times and then yeah like within one night you can like start off with a routine and tweak it and script it and by the end of the night you, you yeah you believe either know it's going to work or no it's not going to work for example yeah. so yeah that, that's that's why the residences someone asked me before like how do i how joe for getting used to approaching groups or like getting practicing a magic when i used to go socially one of my opening lines i use all the time but well, I, I go up to a table and be like hey guys i'm a magician i'm, I'm just i'm working on a new trick 
and I just need to know if it's any good. Do you mind if I try it on you? And then I just do like one of my thousand timers. That like isn't the new thing that I, I know is going to hit. But they're immediately on your side. And at the end, they're like, yeah, that's actually, that's that's really good. You should do that. I'm like, oh, do you mind showing me some? Do you mind if I show you something else? And then I might try the thing that I want to try or something like that. But it's, uh, it's yeah. that thing of coming in, especially in a social situation where you're not like, hey, guys, I'm going to take over your group now for the next two hours. It's like you come in and the, hey, guys, can you help me out? I need to know mm-hmm. if this trick is any good or not. And obviously you're not going to trust your friends or family you got to go to a stranger and uh that 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 work is a great in for like a long time um until i stopped going out because i got old <laughs> I know, is it mike, mike i think i'm sure it's a michael murray idea where you go up to a group and ask them if they believe in mind reading and then whatever they say you just agree with them so if they if they say yeah then you say oh brilliant let me show you something i can do I, this is a skill i can do and if they say no say no nah, no me they're charlatans aren't they in fact i've been i've been learning to try and copy what they can do but it's absolutely not real and so you, you just take the lead from what they say and then they're sort of invested on your side you can't be enjoying them like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's good theory well, good theory. well well, a lot of people talk about as well about mentalism, and uh, so some of you do like a lot of close-up mentalism. If you're at like a wedding and there's like a loud jazz band playing during the drinks reception, or at a meal, just where it's more of a loud sort of environment, what sort of things do you do to kind of get away from people not really being able to hear what you're saying? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, the first thing is I don't take many bookings where they haven't seen the type of stuff I perform if it's at the wedding fair or something, so they're very aware that it's not. Oh, there's a flower that's appearing in a flash of flame and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also in my contract. I say that, look, obviously people need to hear what I'm saying. And I'd never cancel cancel a contract or anything like that. Um, then it's trying to find a space away from... I mean, I was at a mate's wedding a few months ago where I was performing. And they had a, a male voice choir there, which were brilliant. But they were so... I mean, 20 blokes. It was raining, so everybody was indoors. But there was a little bar area where I managed to find... Um, and if all else fails, I just speak loudly, or to, just to perform to a few people around the corner of a table. I don't have any particularly visual stuff. Yeah, they, they absolutely need to hear what I'm saying. So it's a case of get away from the the sound if possible. Performing to smaller groups. Normally, you might. I, I often find that most wedding venues have two bits. It tends to be a bar and a function room. So if that means I'm, like, I'll just be out in the bar area performing. I draw the line in the toilets. I wouldn't start performing. <laughs> but even if it's like outside, outside to the smokers, perhaps that's always, yeah. that's always a yeah, always an option as well. But um, and I, I did that during the summer. It, it was a pain. I was a, I was book. It was a company party. I was in a marquee outside, and they had a band in there. And even the guests were complaining that the band was too loud. But it was like raining, not raining, not raining. Uh, so sometimes people are outside, but like. People couldn't hear themselves having a conversation, let alone someone doing magic stuff. And I was like, I was after pick up trifecta. And I was so excited to do the birthday trick from trifecta, and I was like, didn't do it once because I was just like, <laughs> I'm just going to have to do the most visual stuff that I have here. So I was like, ran back to my car, opened up my close up case, and was like, mentalism in, flashing magic out, re- yeah. redo it. Because uh, yeah, if. It, it can be very tough when you're in that sort of situation um, yeah. where people just, like, I, I could hear them down the road, like, let alone at the menu. I've been quite lucky. I haven't had a situation where I've been drowned out, but it's like, as a magician, I've never owned Double Cross. I've never owned an Omni deck. I've never owned Sponge Balls. Like, obviously, I, st- I started doing card magic and stuff. But um, so, yeah, I don't have anything to, to fall back on. So it's literally just try and find 
the most quiet bed. Yeah, my goal is a mentalism routine, like a strong mentalism routine with SpongeBob. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to be, but like, it's, <laughs> I sit there sometimes being like, that's to be a way I can use these in like some kind of, sort of mentalism. That conversation started at the lads' convention fucking years ago. Yeah. And there's still no routine, Dave. Give it up. There's, there's going to be one. It's no. like, uh, just get four different color ones just doing a curvicate. And it was the yellow ball. <laughs> oh, <that's> <laughs> Talking uh, of conventions, so, there's a big one coming up in Ireland soon, isn't there? The, yeah, the uh, Midwest Magic Convention's it. on next weekend. Yeah, so that's the one yeah, coming, yeah. but yeah, the, the one, yeah, so the 18th and 19th. So yeah, that's yeah, my fr- friend of mine, Jamie Williams, he's lecturing. He's lecturing oh, there. Cool. Yeah, on General Magic, and he's trying. I think some of the guys flown over. I think they worked out it's cheaper like to go over there than it is to get to Blackpool from South Wales. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Shannon Airport's really close to it and like Very if you can get around air flights or even just flying to Dublin, um, it, yeah. it, it can be fine because it's uh, like where I'm in Cork, it's, it's mainly Aer Lingus so it's a bit more expensive to fly but um, if you can get the like Ryanair from Ireland to the UK, it's, it's like it's nothing. It's, yeah. uh, it, it can be, even like when I went, it was over with Nottingham for, for the thing, it was I flew from Dublin and like just, it was, the flights are really cheap but the, problem was it was like half seven in the morning and it was two, the air force two and a half hours away so that was very fun um yeah. but it's a uh, yeah it's like the, it can be cheaper than the train sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i just booked my black i'm not going next week i watched the phone but i just booked my blackpool ticket for next year so i'm looking forward uh, to that. it's been quite a few years since i've gone and i've got to the stage now where there's like people you know in magic just virtually you've never actually met in person so it'd be really cool to catch up with people and uh yeah, it's a bit weird when you don't know. Like, I know last year they had quite a big mentalism. I know, like, um, all of the Bakery Magic team yeah. were there last year. But, um, but yeah, I, d- I don't, know, don't know who's going to be. I don't think they've announced any mentalists so far this year. There's going to be a big Saturday morning where I saw a post, so could be another. Oh, sorry? There's going to be a big announcement on Saturday morning this week. Uh, oh, really? I don't know who uh, it's going to be. No, yeah, it'll be good anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, just, we're, we're going to Blackpool as well. Like we've got our tickets. I need to book flights though. Um, I need to get that done because I went last year. It was my first time going. Steve didn't go. Stood me up. So I had to go by myself. Um, <laughs> and then every 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 time I walk up to someone, they're like, "Oh hey, where's Steve?" And I was like, <laughs> "He's not here, but I am." Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I have a two year old son, so yeah, that my my uh, man, <laughs> my commitment. <laughs> um, yeah. That's all good. Well, you know, a good piece of visual mentalism I actually saw the other day was um, Super Lemon. Have you seen that? That opener with Super Super Lemon? Yes. Yeah. That's cool. I thought that's pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's parlor. I'm saying today briefly beforehand, like, I, I need to get out of my comfort zone and put a parlor thing together because I'm sure I could do all my close-up stuff on a table and perhaps one routine to everybody. So I, sure. I, just I think it's to... a great opener routine where you're, because because it is that kind of play to the audience thing where of like, everyone's going to salivate you know because the lemon at the same time and now you can ramp it up i think it's there, there you could use that if you're a hypnotist you could use that if you're you know doing yeah. a whole method or about like influence or whatever i thought i just saw the trailer but i was like that's pretty pretty cool i don't know what i use it myself but i thought it was pretty clever yeah. i think i think it's a, it's a good bit of fun because i find with like for me like close up i obviously do a mix of mentalism and magic but then on stage i'm just like why would I do any magic? <laughs> I'm just going to do mentalism. I'm like magic for me. I, I always just think it's better close up. Um, and then on stage, I'm like, and that's like what I do. So the sneak thief, so I can do bash. So I can do like even like one of the routines that I always have 
ready and every every magician has this ready if you're stuck and someone says can you do five minutes on stage all you need it's it's in mark paul's lectures i can't remember oh, yeah. in one of his penguin ones but it's basically it's a five card reveal you get five people up on stage to each of a card and you reveal each person's card and it's kind of like there's two red cards and three black cards if you have red cards step forward and you're filling a stage or like i've done it at weddings on the dance floor or i was at a i was doing a corporate christmas a hotel had booked out and sold tables different companies at a christmas time and uh, they asked me if i just do one thing on stage beforehand and i was like yeah sure <laughs> i was like five playing cards just go through it and like you're filling the dance floor because you have five people online then you've three people and two people then you've one one and three and so like you're really you're filling the space as people are stepping forward and stepping back and going back to their seats and that yeah. sort of stuff and it's just a deck of, like it's just like a, you're just um get, getting people think of five playing cards revealing them and getting the whole thing done and you just it's just one of those things that it's always that thing of like oh do you have something that you could just pull out on stage if you needed to like could you could you easily that? do like an oddball routine with just like you know four red cards and one black one yeah yeah like, I, I did that yeah. before actually um you know just using a mark deck like, that's great it was like okay let's go that there you go i think even invisible deck where yeah. like we mentioned him so often i think it is a remarkable idea where you ask all of the audience to think of a card and then you have right call one person up and say brilliant you're going to act as the for a corporate this ideal you're going to act as the as the boss and we're going to fire people so you can fire all the men all the women and all, everyone over a certain age and so everyone starts off standing they're firing groups of people and maybe even they say not the name of their cards they've been eliminated you're left with one person what's your card and what do you know upside down in this the cards yeah this is yes. so much yeah, so, so powerful. Much. Yeah, please, yeah. so big. Or even tossed out deck. You know, a lot of people kind of like eh, tossed out deck, or or you know, it's it's so strong though, so strong. Yeah, I was workshopping, so I've got a Murphy's thing which is being worked on, and so we're looking to build out the ideas. And yeah, the, the, there's a tossed out deck approach built into it, and it's it it's not a it's not a deck of cards, but I think anything anything you can force from where you've got a force bank or something, then yeah, you can absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah, do it. More people involved. Yeah, please, massive. Yeah. Colin Cloud released his one with the pen pad that uh, yeah. he does it on all the corporate shows stuff. He released that during the pandemic when he had his site up uh, and stuff like that, which is really cool. I always have that now just in my case because I'm like, that's <laughs> that's an easy yeah. 10, 15 minutes that I can just pull out and it's, it's like it fits in my pocket. Um, yeah. Yeah, those, those simple things. It's always about have those little things on you that you can just pull out. But that's where... Um, I like doing body magic uh, in a sort of pseudo hypnotic fashion. So you can um, take some strength away or give it back to them and they'll fall over or stand up. And it's literally on scam school about these bands and um, that people were saying magnetic bands that people were saying that was a scam. Um, but you can just do that. And I just t look at me and your strength is gone. And now you fall over and now you don't fall over. And now you're really strong. And oh, look, here's some tear, no tear paper. Did uh routine done and it's just that that sort of thing that uh just having that ability but yeah you should definitely go do a parallel show that would be the yeah 100 for the pseudo hypnosis stuff would you ever do stuff where it's kind of like almost like an instant stooge where or or, or do you always have a physical method for your pseudo hypnosis uh the only ones i've done that have had like the instant stooge would be things like um emotional intelligence by luke Germain where you're doing spectator as a mind reader type stuff um where that's kind of um but i've had people go 
oh, but like you were just telling me what it is. I'm like, yeah, because you can't read minds, I can. Um, <laughs> so I literally just blooded that bluntly. Uh, and then I was, uh, it's like, what I've, I've, I've used uh, I've used Inception a few times, or like the bone conductors for uh, Spectre as a mind reader with a pseudo hypnotic sort of presentation. But I always do like kind of having the person on stage or the person involved in the pseudo hypnotic get a at least some level of a. There's no reason why you could use um, Inception up close up, close up. Yeah, 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 100% you could. Know? Yeah. yeah. A bit, bit, bit of presentation kind of stuff with it, but like you don't want to just fire it out. You'd want to build a bit of rapport with the group, but I mean, it, it, it would play just as, as good close up, I would imagine, as it would. 100%. It's one that I think it was expensive enough, so I really should use it more than I do. Uh, I've, used it, I've used it three or four times now, but like I've used like I've, I've made it, I've used it to make someone think they were they were hearing like uh, someone else's dead grandmother dog for themselves. But, um, but you can do uh, you can do a lot with it. What about a dead grandmother? Oh, I had to change. So I used to do a routine and I was performing at a wedding of somebody I went to school with and performed to some of the guests. And I said, right, so I wanted to write down somebody's name, but not some news year today, so it's not obvious. And she decided to write down the name of one of the other girls who was watching, his father who passed away. So, and I didn't even know this. So I'm like, right, re reveal the name. Girl gets really upset, um, but she was happy, emotional. And I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. changing now. I'm, I'm going school teacher's name or favorite color or something like that. Like, I don't want, I don't want the bride and groom to see me look over, <laughs> to look over and yeah. see me making people cry. I'm like, that's just... But it does hit home, I suppose, the kind of emotions emotions that you're playing with. I, I think that. it happened. It happened to me something similar too, and I had to go. I knew the groom, so I had to go over and go. Look, I made your aunt cry, but I'm sorry about it. It's cool. Don't you find it? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but he was like, oh, she's always like that. Don't worry about it. But um, but uh, when you know, I think I think they write down a name sometimes like that because they don't think you're going to get it, and then when you do get it, you know, there's the added shock of you getting it, and then the emotion. And then I think that's when it's like twice as, as strong, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, it can have pros and cons. Though. I totally agree. Yeah, it, it really hit hard because I was in that one where I did a show that was called "Am I Psychic," and then it's like at the end of the show, it's "Am I?" That we opened the show with the question, "Am I psychic?" The answer is no. But I'm gonna leave everyone with a more interesting question: Is if I said I was, would you believe me? It was like that was how I closed the show, mm -hmm. and right before that, I'd done a. Um, join the intermission let everyone write down a uh either a celebrity or someone they knew who passed away and maybe a, a question they'd like to hear from them or something like that and then fold it up and put it into this white little box with a little tab with a little red tape so just a, a white little cardboard box uh, i think uh, sounds like a green normal and not yeah. It was an amazing box. Anyway, so, <laughs> it was it was sitting there so then they they did it and there was different color things so um the ones that came out with my forces and um, one was a celebrity and one was supposedly someone from the audience's relative so then i had two people thinking of those people and i revealed the celebrity name and it's even the thing of like pretending to talk to the dead felt so disgusting to do even though it was like something i've written myself i wrote it i picked it up um and then I had the person on stage do it and use the inception thing for them to get the message. And they just started writing mad stuff. And it, but it was that thing of like, I felt so disgusting doing it with like two fake pieces of information. I don't know how people who actually do it as like fake mediums uh, can like stomach it. Because I was like, I yeah. felt so shitty after like doing you, it. But I was just like, this is weird. You made up a fake ghost story pretty much. And then, yeah. 
and their their reaction. But I, I yeah, but that's because there's there's mortals and a lot of fake psychics and these psychics, whatever. They don't have any morals. They're just they're just con men, you know, and, and that's it. Yeah. I do I do wonder. I mean, maybe they think that they're offering some sort of solace to these people, but then, Jimmy, I wonder if that's how they justified. Because I mean, surely they can't believe what they're doing is real. Like they they've got to know they're chucking stuff out, especially and, the yeah. good ones. The bad yeah. ones might think it's something that they've learned and that's why they're bad at it. But the ones who are really good, like they're getting like they've got earpieces and stuff, they know what to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the whole thing of like, oh, I'm helping people get closure. But I'm like, eh. For money. For yeah, for yeah. a lovely property. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we have just gone over the hour mark. We have a segment on this show where we ask our guests to tell us a story. Um this the segment is called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So maybe about a performance that might have started off good and then went downhill <laughs> as we talked about uh, other misses and things going wrong before. Yeah, so it, it might not quite fit this template, but I, I do like this story. So relatively early on, I, I was at a wedding and I was doing a drawing, yeah, just a basic presentation for a drawing duplication. And I performed this and the they were quite drunk and I performed to one person and obviously got it right and somebody else watching went oh my god can I have a go and I thought they meant can I have a go at being the mind reader it turns out they didn't they just wanted their mind read and they were like can I have a go and I was like yeah go on then so I passed him a stack of billets of the pen and I went right I'm gonna think of something um and, and in my head I'm thinking he's gonna get it wrong and I'll just say See, this is how hard it is. Let me show you what. Let me show you what I meant. But I thought, let's let's channel my inner banner, inner banner check here. And I was like, I'll give you one clue. I said, it's no, I'm not going to think of something living. So I draw the house, and he goes away. And honestly, he takes ages. He's resting on the bar, and he's looking like this. And in the meantime, the photographer, when photographers come up, and he's really considering. And he, so he he comes back. He does his drawing, and I've got mine on my hand. And he turns this over, and he's done a house. And I swear to God, I, I turned mine over and the photographer got a photo of my shoulder. This guy jumps in the air. It's the best promo <laughs> I've ever got. And I was I was fully happy just to like wipe it away. Ah, oh, yeah, see, that, that that's why it's difficult. And yeah, he said, oh, I only wanted you to read my mind. I didn't realize, how, how did you manage to put that? And I'm like, well, I can't top that. I just tried to go and perform to, to a different group then. But um, yeah, that was- You just was go like, home at that stage. Let's go home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, and I've, I've, it's never happened again. I've never had the guts to challenge somebody to read my mind. Well, I suppose spectators, mind reader routines are kind of like that, aren't they? But um, mm. yeah, ne never as never as directly as that. But yeah, maybe it'll hit more often than not. Maybe it's something I should do. I mean, after yeah. before I do it, let's see. No, but then I suppose if you're saying they can do it, then they're not going to be that impressed when you do it. Perhaps so. Maybe maybe it's not something to do. Well, you consider you like going well. That's because I'm the mind reader, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Still go yeah. back to that, but it all is yeah. a joke. It doesn't hit. So, this is the way you get hit every time. So, I'm going to think of one of these hundred images that I have on my phone. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one. Now, name a number in one in a hundred, and that's what you think that I drew. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And the, the, the most recent. Oh, it makes me cringe. Um, it's the most recent. I was practicing so as. One of my new tricks, and I use is like a, a stack printed deck, and then um, it's not cards; it's something else. And so I was like, right, do you know what? It's at the residency, I thought, right, I'm gonna like work one of the routines in. First person hand out the cards; they take a card, and I go through the whole process, and it absolutely it just dies on its ass. It absolutely fails. 
I was like, oh, that's strange. She said, so what did you pick? <sighs> Just to protect myself, I printed an extra card as a crib so I wouldn't forget stuff. And I'd forgotten to take it out, and it was the one card out of the 40-odd. <laughs> and she was a little bit drunk. She's like, I don't really know. what. It's just got all words written on it. And I was like, oh, that's from a, oh, that's from a, that's from a different effect. I'm sorry. But uh, I didn't even – I just dropped that trick the rest. I just couldn't bring myself to perform it the rest, rest of the night. It was like, there's 40-odd cards here. And she just happened to pull the one that had just a list of words down the middle, which was my crib. But, um, yeah, luckily she didn't realise where that When a trick there. like that goes wrong, you do drop it for a night. Because I, I remember I got um, the nest of wallets. I love the Nestle oh, yeah. dude all the time. First time I tried it, um, the ring, as you're opening it, the tongue of the first wallet caught the ring and flew it underneath the table. And it was an oh. engagement ring. <laughs> so I had to go get. And I didn't I didn't bring it back out for about three, four months. And I was just like, No, that's done. That, that's done now. I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you said earlier with Sharpies, like my bride and groom set. I was like, there's no way I'm handing the bride a pen. Let's 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 find yeah. in the routines to yeah I don't want any claims on insurance or anything and yeah people who do ring flights and stuff like that I'm thinking oh my gosh they got bigger balls than me yes the repercussions yeah. are I couldn't put a I couldn't put a ring on a reel and I I pull into a wallet that I know like padded and nice and safe and I will make sure I do not <laughs> allow it to fly out but I was like to have a ring on a reel and just let it fling <laughs> like no no I'm good thanks a reel a reel that's like made in China for like Four pence. <laughs> <laughs> like it costs you one quid, but they're made for like you know a cent. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not for me. I, I don't want to risk other people's stuff. Um, yeah. I'm just like I'm not having it. Saying that I have used reels numerous times. <laughs> you use somebody else's hand for smash and stab, so you'll do whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like not. Yeah. They'd be grand. They've got two hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, I, 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 it's I never gone wrong. Done it a hundred plus times, or, or no, way more than hundred. But yeah, it's never gone wrong. It's, it's only gone wrong fifty, like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Try we got two hands. hands. Yeah. I'm yeah, two hands, and I've nearly paid off all the insurance claims. Hundred percent. It's the only way to do it. But yeah, uh, th th thanks for sharing that story with Rich. And for people who want to keep an eye on your stuff and maybe some of the new stuff you've got coming out and stuff, where's the best place for them to reach out to you um, or keep an eye on your stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm active on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I don't put it, like I said earlier, I don't put a lot of videos up there. It's mainly, it's mainly just like some still photos from events or some stuff that's, that's up and coming. So yeah, and like Rich Relish, so many people think that's my real name. It's not, my last name is Gerish. My teacher, when I was eight, said one passing comment, that sounds a bit like relish. I'm 43 now, it's been my nickname for 35 years. So it's <laughs> mad. And then when I was going to perform, I thought, oh, I don't alliterate. So this is a bit unusual. So yeah. I'm None of our last names are real. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all an illusion. <laughs> We're all in the witness protection program. That's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. want to be pulled up. Well, if you've you got the opportunity to come up with a name, then why not? And then I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Some yeah, of my so initials are now DP, though. So um, <laughs> I, I put that in a hoodie, and I got. I, I didn't realize that until my friends started pointing it out to me. My old spade thing happened because I used to wear like spade T-shirts or I had like a spade ring because I really like like Paul Zenon years ago and stuff like that. And then like doing gigs, just like nightclubs and stuff. This girl was like, "Oh, you're covered in spades. You should just call yourself Spade." And I was like, "Ah." <laughs> And then it just stuck. It stuck like hot glue. Like it's, a, I can't get rid of it. So I'm just I have to embrace it. There's no other Steve Spades, is there that you're aware of? 
Don't think so. There's oh, a David Spade, but that's about it. David yeah, Spade, yeah. Uh, there probably is probably a Steve Spade somewhere, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a podcast or is a magician. Hockey <laughs> 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 pair. There's a hockey. I found a hockey pair once in Canada. Um, yeah. So there's an author called David Peace who um, is there kicking is. my ass on SEO. <laughs> <laughs> you need to write a book. I'm trying to do because yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like I've I've got my first like magic release out there. I now need to get my first magic book out there, so then we can both be authors and be like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you allowed to do that? Is it like you're like actors and are allowed to have the same name? Are you are two people allowed to put books out if they go the same? I, I imagine yeah, they can. Sure, there must be something yeah. going there. But it'll be hilarious if it, all of his fans start buying like a mentalism book. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Just a shit. Yeah, I just finally got his book title name. Come up with something similar and just <laughs> release a mentalism book under that name. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's nothing worse than like when you ah, uh, it's it's hard not to like Google your own name when your product comes out and check reviews and stuff because I mean you only release stuff when you know it works for you. So and if a magic company is like that, so yeah, typing the name is so like what's in doing that? I haven't seen anything come up. I yeah, I doubt very much there's another rich relish. So um, yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I'm I think I think you're safe for that name. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. Rich, I want to see you on your social media that you're doing a parlor show or an MC or something. I want to see you on stage. I've done. Uh, yes, yes, I've done the um, the, the wedding um, MC bit, so I've I've, I've done that. So I've dipped, dipped my toe. That's that's Paul Martin's course, which is great. I recommend that. Um, so yeah, I, I need I need to do it, but it's it's very easy not to, isn't it? It's very easy just to keep yeah. doing the stuff. We need but, to get yeah, a could, look. Look, Craig, Teddy's new documentary series would be you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, um, the name and place routine. I mean, that's a close-up routine or a stage routine. You know, and that's yeah. Super there's loads, and I'm a massive book buyer, and it's like there's there's loads of stuff that I've got that would would play. Um, yeah, it's cutting cutting it back is the hard bit. Like everyone has loads yeah. of material. Like that's what we're working on. Like Steve's new tour at the moment, and it's like we've too much, too much stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, but we want to do this, but like we can't pe keep people for four this hours. We gotta stop somewhere. And there should be like a whole day. Come in at eight. Five-ish. Bring a pack lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some sick tablets and some sick bags. So, um, yeah. So I know you were like planning to cook, but just to ask, how important is you for you when you're putting a show in that is a thread rather than just a series of tricks? Do you think like when yeah. starting out, can you could could I get away with that starting out just by like like use six or seven different effects? One my after my first show was just a series of effects, and like a lot of my shows kind of have that. Like I, I might have a callback at the end, which are like the yeah. classic or predictable show, um, or something like that. But I think if you have something where it's like you have an envelope on stage at the beginning that you point out, and then you come back to that at the end, and it can just be that because it's like when you're in close up, it doesn't really have to thread. Um, yeah. it's kind of like the thread is these are my abilities and that's kind of like the way i see it because like my like my first show if i think through like what was in it there was it opened with like a sort of like a darren brown max maven people are holding something in their hands i have magnetic abilities and figure out which one has the right thing uh and in, in like a truth light thing there was a bank night in there I had a Q&A. I ended with something that works really well over here, but it doesn't seem to work anywhere else. But uh, all of our phone numbers 
uh, for mobiles are like 08, uh, 05, 086, 087. I think there's 083 now, but mine's an 086. So if you turn 086 upside down, it's 980. Um, so that was my prediction in the envelope, and I'd had a big added number thing, and the result was like 3,900,000 and something. And then I opened my prediction, it was like 980. You weren't even close. And then I turned that upside down, and it's 086, and then the rest, then it's the rest of my phone number. And then my pull up banner has been on stage with my phone number on it throughout the whole show. And then also, I'm ending my show with being like, if you enjoyed the show, that's my phone number. You can book me. I'm available. Oh, <laughs> so it's like yeah. my big reveal is how you can get in contact with me, which I was like, or you can come to right <laughs> Yeah. It's literally on my website. Everyone can find it. That's why I get yeah. so many like right calls all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I think like something like that can work where it's that just a prediction. But I think the first time out is just about picking things that you know you're good at. And the one thing yeah. to look at all right is that like you don't want it to be where um it's something we talked about with Nick Tan when he was on the podcast before about oh, yeah. changing what the staging looks like a lot. And I think Darren talks about it in his book as well. But it's like that. You don't want to have two routines back to back that have four people on stage or two people on stage or that's or if you do maybe have them standing up for one and sitting down for the next one or those sort of things that like visually when people because mentalism is not visual art so visually you just want things to look different uh from a visual point of view otherwise you'd be bored which is something that i i was like doing it subconsciously but then after that i was like yeah i need to like now it's like like we literally wrote steve's show out and then we're like crap there's two things together we need to swap move them yeah. around and that sort of stuff and it's something to just to run just to have less or more people on stage or, or vice versa but like things yeah. like smashing that we were mentioned there a while ago or other kind of risk effects they tie into the mentalism world so you could do a whole kind of series of bitter routines even in like an invisible deck and then kind of something in the middle a little bit more dangerous a bit you know a bit risky and then you could finish with like even like mother of all book tests or some big prediction thing at the end you know and there's your set it doesn't have to be I bought the staplers for the um, is it Francisco to size risk? So I even bought staplers to do stuff like that. They're in a cupboard somewhere. I'm like, I love yeah. the idea. And then <laughs> here we go. This is this is my this is my online commitment. And by the end of, by the end of 2024, yeah, there'll be some Definitely. footage. Black Black Blue Gala show. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the Ruskin. <laughs> Bring all your stage and we'll do the show there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll we, we, we'll grab a drink in the Ruskin actually in Blackpool in 2024 as well. So we'll see you there. Absolutely. And thanks again for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And if everyone's liked it, please make sure you subscribe, like. There'll be other ones coming up, and uh, we'll try to not have as many giant gaps uh, in the stuff. But uh, I, have, I have more reviews coming out as well on the channel for people to keep an eye on. So uh, thanks again, Rich, for coming on, and Steve. Thank for- you. Take, taking the time out of your busy schedule of mining a two-year-old to come on the podcast. And uh, set up a and everything else. Oh, man. Yeah, I just want to crazy. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, guys. We'll see you again next time. And signing out. Thanks so All much. Best. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.